How are we all doing? Uh, anyone hurting for any particular reason this morning? No, 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 no big rugby games. No one lost. Okay, well, let's. Shall I move on? Shall I just? Cool. We'll, we'll move. Hey, if you're uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, a special welcome. Uh, we're always uh, always uh, pleased and privileged and honoured uh, that you've chosen to join us this morning. It's great to see Mike and Penny again. So welcome, guys. Uh, these guys used to go way back with the church. And, uh, so we always love it when uh, old faces come in and visit. Uh, but I do hope that you have a great morning with us this morning and uh, do hang around and have a cup of tea or coffee after the service. I would love to be able to uh, just catch up and get to know you a little bit better. So my, my name's Seth. Did I say what my name was? No. My name's Seth and uh, Debbie and I uh, are the lead pastors here at Shore Elam Church and uh, we, man, we love seeing everybody every Sunday. It's, it's really cool. We kicked off uh, last Sunday a series called Overcomer, which is based out of Craig Rochelle's uh, Life Church Network, and we've adapted it for us uh, for the next four weeks uh, that we're going to be looking at it. And uh, as Debbie mentioned, on the 6th of October, we have uh, a guest speaker from the UK coming in. Uh, to speak, so we'll be taking a break from the series that Sunday, and then continuing with part four the Sunday after that. But uh, we've got a pastor from the UK who was over here for conference, and uh, Elam headquarters uh, kindly offered him uh, to us for that Sunday uh, to come and minister here. So uh, lock lock that Sunday in, uh, lock in Sunday the twentieth. We've got another great guest speaker coming uh, in our uh, national leader, Pastor Boyd. And uh, we're going to have some cool services in the next month. Man, we've got the next month lined up for you, action-packed. So uh, get here, get into it, and uh, be fed in the Word. Amen? Amen. So last Sunday, I spoke about overcoming uh, the curse of comparison. And uh, if you missed that, you can jump online on the Easy Church app and have a listen or jump onto iTunes. Uh, but um, this morning... I want to speak to you about overcoming apathy. Now, just to clarify, for those of you who don't use uh, the word apathy or apathetic uh, in your everyday vocabulary, because, you know, when people ask you how you're doing, you don't really say, oh, I'm feeling a bit apathetic uh, this morning. Um, let me just clarify what apathy is defined as. Apathy is defined as having a lack in interest, a lack of passion and enthusiasm and a lack of care. Lack of interest, lack of passion, lack of care equals apathy. Romans 12 verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This is one of my all-time favorite verses for ministry. And when Debbie and I uh, were leading the worship team at the City Church, uh, back where we had our couches set up for the team for our pre-service prayer with the coffee machines and the fridge and stuff, uh, we had this verse bold up on uh, the wall. And, you know, for us it was a reminder every Sunday that as we came in to lead worship uh, and also for us to take away in our lives that Scripture calls us to enter into life with zeal, calls us to enter into life with passion. 
And so to take, uh, it's a call to take great interest in what God is doing. It's a call to take uh, passion about God, passion about life, to be passionate about people. And it's a call to care about what's going on in the world around us. Um, and, and not to kind of care about our own selfish pursuits. The NLT puts this verse this way. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Oh, did that one hit some people hard this morning? Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. You know, I believe that we need to overcome apathy because we're called to be more than just those people who exist in life. God's created us and God has called us to be more than people who just take care of our own interests, who kind of just look after ourselves. And professionally, I believe that we need to overcome apathy because it can hold us back from receiving God's best for us. Ever wondered where your best in God is? Maybe have a look at how your apathy levels are sitting, how interested you are. Have a look at how passionate you are, how much you care about what's going on in and around you. You know, Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, having the having the good fortune of working in the marketplace. I know how easy it is to try and work for the man. Anyone working for the man? Or some people trying to be the man, working our way up the ladder? But whatever you do, don't lack interest. Don't lack passion. And don't lack care. Because it's God who brings your promotion. And we continue to work for him as we continue to work for him with all our hearts. And so this morning we're going to have a look at a parable that Jesus shares, which I uh, think illustrates in in a certain way what apathy, what this lack of interest, what this lack of passion, and what this lack of care can look like in our lives. Are you guys ready for that this morning? So you've got it there in your notes. It's going to come up on the screen if you don't have notes. But we're looking at Luke 10, verses 30 to 34. And Jesus is responding to a lawyer who asked him this question. He's he's asking him, who is my neighbor? And Jesus responds uh, with the parable of the Good Samaritan. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, And departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Everyone say compassion. And so he went to him. And bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
So often we take this verse and we, 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 kind of, we take this parable and we kind of focus in on the Good Samaritan. And we focus in on what the Good Samaritan's done. We focus in on what the Good Samaritan's invested, what he's sacrificed for uh, this man who's been beaten and lying on the side of the road. But this morning, I want us to look uh, at the other two men in a little bit more detail. Because this story uh, is about caring for our neighbors. This story is about showing an interest in people. It's about treating people with care, uh, treating people the way that Jesus instructs us to. Because Jesus asks uh, this lawyer, you know, uh, who of those three did the right thing? And he said, well, the one who helped him out. And Jesus said, you're correct. Go and do likewise. And this passage, I think, is quite the image of apathy. Uh, For the priest and for the Levite, their attitude was very much, uh, you, you know, it's not my problem. Uh, you know, I, I don't have time to kind of deal with this uh, right now. Uh, the, the risk of me getting involved is this is ju- it's just going to be too high to get involved with. And there's this lack of interest, uh, there's this lack of passion, and there's this lack of wanting to care. And some have said that uh, we are actually living uh, in a pretty apathetic generation. They're calling this generation the generation of apathy. It's a generation that doesn't really care a whole lot about a whole lot. Uh, it's a generation that wants, uh, doesn't want to get involved. And it's a generation that doesn't really want to make an effort unless I know that my effort to you is going to benefit me. It's the sort of generation that they're calling the apathetic generation. And so this morning, I want to share three points uh, that I believe will help us, will help us with apathy Uh, Because I I don't know about you, but it's something that I'm constantly keeping in check uh, in my own life. It's easy to fall into. Uh, But they can help us with apathy, but also help us with what uh, we should take interest in, what we should be passionate about and care about investing our life in. So are you ready for your first point this morning? First point, number one, expose yourself to righteous discomfort. Expose yourself to righteous discomfort. And I'd say on the, on, alongside that, to expose yourself to it consistently. I know it doesn't sound like a nice feel-good type point, but let's have a talk about what righteous discomfort, uh, what we mean by that uh, this morning. Righteous discomfort... Uh, is something that has impacted you so much and that has impacted you in a way that kind of breaks your heart. It's something that you know also breaks the heart of God. Something that you see that's not quite right. That's not the way things were created by God to be. It's like that social injustice that keeps nagging at you or that ministry need for the the needy and the helpless that keeps nagging at you. It's something that uh, you've encountered in your life that that you just know is not right and that you want to be a part of improving and you want to be a part of changing. Things like helping the poor. Things like reaching the spiritually dying and a spiritually bleeding generation. Things like having your heart broken for a fatherless generation. 
things that for some reason or another God has just captured your heart for and God has given you a burden for. You know, I think it's always important that we don't let uh, ourselves get too comfortable in our faith, that we don't let ourselves sit idle, that we don't allow ourselves to become apathetic Christians, but that we stay engaged, stay passionate for Jesus, and stay concerned about the things that touch the heart of God. Now, in Revelations 3, verse 15 and 16, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Challenging words. Expose yourself to a righteous discomfort. And then secondly on this point, I believe we need to consistently expose ourselves to that thing. You know, apathy, apathy will draw us back to being less interested. Apathy will always draw us back to being less uh, caring and to being less passionate because the more and more we settle into the comforts of our norm, the more and more we settle into uh, the pressure of everyday life, the easier it is for us to forget what God has burdened in our heart. Let me give you this example. You could go overseas to a country where kids don't get enough food. Families struggle to put anything on the table. And in that moment when you're visiting them, you change. You kind of realize how blessed you are when you're home. And so you kind of, you, you become determined about what you're going to do about it. But when you come home, who knows that it doesn't take too long before you're just back into the normal cycle of your life. Where if you haven't exposed yourself to that thing that God has burdened in your heart, everything just becomes normal again. Let me put it in a way that we'd probably all be able to relate to a lot better. You go on holiday. Who loves going on holiday? You have 10 days away, sitting on a beach. Best time of your life. Come home. How long does it take you to feel like you've never been on holiday? Apathy will pull you back like that if you don't constantly expose yourself to what God has burdened in your heart. You know, when we're able to constantly expose ourselves to that righteous discomfort in our lives, that, that righteous, you know, no one likes the word discomfort. But when we're able to constantly expose ourselves to that, our hearts begin to change and apathy turns into passion. Apathy turns into passion. Secondly this morning, embrace your discomfort. Embrace 
your discomfort. You know, if you're anything like me, the minute you feel uncomfortable about something, the first thing you kind of do is, is what? Kind of run away. Cross over to the other side of the road. Pass it. Pass it by. You know, the Samaritan was so moved by the plight of the Jewish man who was beaten that he had to act. And not only did he act, act, but he gave sacrificially of his own stuff and of his money. He mended the man. He inconvenienced himself to do what was right. A big problem with, uh, one of the biggest challenges with apathy is that I think we're so overexposed to information. We're so overexposed to commercials telling us what we need and why we need it. Commercials telling us what our lives should look like. We're so overexposed to entertainment, entertainment, sports, music, movies. Uh, we're so overexposed to current affairs and global issues. And at times we, we're overexposed to, uh, you know, local abuse. Some of the evil that we see happening in our own community, and we can begin to feel a little helpless to do anything. Or we could feel a little bit like we can't have an impact because it's a, just a little bit too overwhelming. And so we pass by on the other side and put everything in the, uh, it's, it's someone else's problem. And I mean, I'm preaching to myself here. It's someone else's problem. Or in the, it's not worth the time or effort or it's not worth the cost that it's going to cost me. And apathy starts to seep in to our filters and starts to affect everything that we do and everything we don't do. And so embracing the discomfort and the issues that they represent, especially when your heart is in it, doing that hurts sometimes. If you've invested yourself into ministry, if you've invested yourself into people for any length of time, you know that there are times when just giving and giving and giving and giving hurts. And so eventually we try to protect ourselves from that and distance ourselves from that. You know, Paul experienced that. We should never feel like we're strangers to that experience. In Romans 2, Romans 9, verses 2 and 3, Paul writes, My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people. My Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. Man, who can hear the cry in his heart? Now, Paul is burdened with righteous discomfort. And I'd say that Paul is burdened with a righteous discomfort that should burden all of us as Christians. He is burdened for his people to know God, to know Christ. And look at what he's willing to give up. He says, I'm willing to be forever cursed, cut off 
from Christ if they would be saved. How engaged do you think Paul is with these people at the moment? How interested and how passionate do you think Paul is for his people at that moment? How concerned do you think Paul is for his people at that moment? That he is willing to give everything for that cause. You know, the lie that I think so many of us believe is that it's easier not to care and that it's better not to get involved. You ever felt that about something? It's easier not to care and it's better not to get involved. But I want to suggest this morning that it's actually easier to hurt with a purpose than it is to exist without one. It's easier to hurt with a purpose than it is to exist without one. Because then apathy turns into love and care. When you're exposed to a discomfort, to a righteous discomfort, when you embrace it, your heart changes and apathy turns into love and care for people, for purpose, for God, for the kingdom. And then finally this morning, after we've embraced it, we act on our discomfort. So a couple of things to note in this point here. Rather than try and make a difference in a whole lot of things, rather than try and make a difference in everything, uh, which just seems to be human nature, we all would love to help everybody uh, and love to give to everybody. Rather than do that, aim to make a difference in just a few places. Here's a practical tip. Aim to make a difference in just a few places. You know, it's so easy to hear about all the need that's going on and out there in the world, and it's so easy to surround ourselves uh, with, just with stuff, with all the noise that's going on, and then kind of go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to devote myself to doing that. I'm going to give to that cause. I'm going to sow into those people. I'm going to devote myself to that issue, which is why I think it's so important that uh, righteous discomfort and what God has grabbed our heart for is something that we're aware of and that we're exposing ourselves to. Because many things will catch our attention, but only a few things will really catch your heart. Many things will catch your attention, but only a few things will really catch your heart. Do you know we don't have to get we don't have to do everything. We don't have to give our attention to everything that's out there in the world. It's those things that God has placed a burden on our heart for uh, that are the things we should be acting on. That people group that God's placed in your heart. That social issue that God has placed in your heart. 
that injustice that God has placed in your heart. That family that God has placed in your heart, that ministry. Maybe it's a generation that God has placed in your heart. Whatever it is, uh, we should take interest, we should be passionate, and we should care enough about that to act on it. Amen? It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Because when we expose ourselves to those things, we expose ourselves to being hurt. But if it's a God-given burden that we're able to passion, be passionate about, if it's something that God's placed in our heart that we're able to win our Christian walk, pursue and keep us from getting apathetic in life, if it's a God role in ministry in, in the business that He has led you to pursue, to keep you apathetic from being apathetic in life. If it's an issue that you know breaks the heart of God, you acting on that one thing or those few things will see you having a bigger impact on lives than I believe you could even imagine. A bigger impact on lives than you could even imagine. Because the truth is this. With you, with the righteous discomfort or a righteous discontent and God, incredibly powerful things will happen. I believe that. Who else is willing to believe that this morning? That with you, a righteous discomfort and God, incredibly powerful things will happen. And apathy turns into purpose, action, and interest. You know, just as the team comes this morning, there will always be voices saying, that it's not possible. There are, there are always going to be voices who are saying that the big things God has called you to, and, and not just in church, in life. If you're trying to beat, if you're, if you're battling one of your demons in life, if you're battling uh, an area in your life that's just pressing on you, there are going to be voices that'll come against you and tell you that it's not possible. And apathy will listen to those voices and then start to make excuses to keep you non-interested, to keep you non-passionate about changing, to get you not to care about moving forward. That's what apathy will do. But passion, caring, being interested, those will help you find a way 
to do it. Consider these characters. Moses acted to set his people free. David acted to defeat a giant. Nehemiah acted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. What is God calling you to act on so that you'll get victory, the victory that he's got set aside for you? What is God calling you to act on? And then the best one of all, Jesus acted to reach sheep without a shepherd. To reach the lost. To save all. Never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in passion. And keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord.